From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. And we welcome all of you today. We're delighted to invite you to join our family of friends who get together right here on this station five days a week. We love spending some time together with an open Bible, just digging into the things that God's given us, and we're grateful for it. Now, this week, starting yesterday, we're looking at life-changing Bible principles, things that are laid out in the Word of God that enable us to live as the Lord would have us to live. In fact, we're looking at the Gospel of Matthew, the very beginning of the New Testament, and just finding very clearly laid out Bible principles, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Let me remind you, however, that uh, the National Sword of the Lord Conference will be held July 17 through 20 in North Carolina in the suburbs of Winston-Salem there in Walkertown at the great Gospel Light Baptist Church Great auditorium, great facilities to work with, no registration fees, every seat's a free seat, and we look forward to having you and your family and uh, your church family. Everybody is welcome at the National Sword of the Lord Conference. And don't forget to check us out at our website at swordofthelord.com, and there you'll find all the details about the conference as well. Now, yesterday we looked at several Bible principles, starting in the Gospel of Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount. We looked at the Jesus First Principle. We looked at the Salt and Light Principle. We looked at the Moth and Rust Principle. And today we're going to start with Matthew chapter 7 and verse 6, where we get one that is very interestingly stated. And here's what it says. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. So this one, I call it the dogs and hogs principle. The dogs and hogs. He tells us that the dogs can uh, turn on you. You can put good things in the presence of a dog that's angry and uh, get some damage done real quickly. He also tells us to be careful about the hogs, because if you cast your pearls, something of value, into the pigsty, they'll trample them underfoot and they'll get lost in the mud, is the essence of what he's telling us. Now, whether you realize it or not, hogs can be very, very dangerous. They are, in fact, an animal that you need to be careful around. An old sow that has pigs will very, very quickly defend herself and her little brood if you get too close to them. And, of course, the male hog especially can be really, really angry and can jump at you in a hurry and do you damage. They're vicious animals if they decide to do so. Same thing with dogs. So he's warning us. This passage is not just giving us some indication about how to do business, how to live, how to behave, but it's telling us that there are things that we need to be warned about. They are dangerous to us. And listen, we live in a dangerous world. It's dangerous for everybody. But for Christians, if you're not careful, some of these dogs that are running loose, some of these hogs that are running loose, they will damage your testimony. They will take away your ministry from you. They will destroy everything that you have that is good and precious. And he just warns us to keep our treasured things, our precious things, out of the reach of the dogs and the hogs. 
we are instead to be very careful about the risk that we run. And if you get too close to an angry dog, too close to an angry hog, you're running a risk. And I'm telling you, folks, there are all kinds of human animals, I'll just say it that way, human people who are, in fact, doing all kinds of strange, weird, ugly things and who will do you damage if you get too close to them. So you got to be careful about that. All right, let's look at a second principle today. And this one is one that is fairly well known, but it's the ASK principle in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. It says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Now, what we're talking about here is very simple, a promise that the Lord made to us that we have access to him in prayer. It's ask and seek and knock. And we're to ask and keep on asking. We're to seek and keep on seeking. We're to knock and keep on knocking. Now, we ask, we seek, we knock. And, of course, if you look at the first letter of those, that's A-S-K, ask. We are in the position as the sons and daughters of God to have access to our Heavenly Father. And, by the way, that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. He gets us access. He is our mediator to the Lord Jesus. Now, let me make very clear, dear friends, some of you have been misled here. It's not Mary who's the mediator. It's not Joseph who's the mediator. It's not Elijah. It's not Moses. It's not any other than the Lord Jesus. The Bible clearly says there is one mediator between God and man, even the man Christ Jesus. He is the one in whose name we pray, getting to the Father through him. First John chapter 2 tells us that he is our advocate in heaven. The Lord Jesus does that for us all of the time. So you and I do have the opportunity. We have the access to our Heavenly Father in prayer. And even though I'm going to say I'm not sure any of us are as good at this as we ought to be, I'm not sure any of us do as much as we ought to in this regard. But whether you pray little short prayers or whether you take time and pray long prayers, whatever the case, as you are privately alone with the Lord and talking to Him, you do have access to Him. You can call Him, never get a busy signal, never find Him away from the office, never find Him off on vacation. He's always available to every single one of His children. You know, for so many years, uh, in fact, as long as uh, my wife and I have had children and grandchildren, it's been our privilege to have them, of course, and it's been our practice so that if one of them rings the phone, whatever else is going on, whatever we are doing, we answer the phone. Uh, someone may be in the office, we may be in some kind of a deep conference, but if my family rings the phone, I stop the conference. I've always done that. Why? Because they're our children, they're our family, and it's important. And if they call, we should answer. Later in this same chapter, the Lord Jesus said, if you, being evil, talking about being human, if you know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? So if you and I have some idea about how to be a good parent, well, listen, we have a Heavenly Father who's a whole lot better at it than we are, and if you and I will just stay in touch with him, we'll do much, much better. 
And I thank you, dear Lord, for the privilege that we have to be your children and also to be in touch with you. And that's my little short two before prayer right now, just to say thank you, Lord, for letting me have the privilege of talking to you anytime that I need to or that I want to. That's a very, very special thing. By the way, the Bible has a lot to say about prayer. Remember the disciples said once, Lord, teach us to pray. And you and I need to just get beyond the now I lay me down to sleep. We need to get beyond that God is good, God is great prayer that we teach our little children when they're very tiny. We need to get beyond that and get to the place where we can have conversation with our Heavenly Father. So it's the ask, seek, and knock principle. We need to learn that. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 12 for the next one of these principles. This one says, Therefore all things... Whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Now, this one verse is the one that has been famously tagged. I mean, we've named it. Somebody did way back, and we all repeat it. It's called the golden rule. And Jesus simply said, you do to others the way you would like others to do to you. And whenever we begin to treat other people like we want to be treated, I'm telling you, there is a world of difference that is created. Here's the thing about this. If uh, people out in society do damage to one another, I mean, if they hurt other people, they rob, they rape, they kill, all of those kinds of things, tell me that something's missing in the life of the perpetrator. Something very, very definitely is missing. And when people come to Christ, when they get genuinely converted, they're not going to do those things. They're not going to be robbers. They're not going to commit sexual assaults. They're not going to go out and just maliciously kill people whenever they're genuinely converted, whenever they're listening to the Lord. And one of the things that happens once we are God's children we learn these principles, and that's why I'm itemizing these as they're found in the Bible. These are basic principles that teach us how to function in society and be the salt and be the light. Remember principle number two from yesterday, there in the uh, early part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, be salt and light. All right, we're going to do that because we can be an influencer. We can be somebody who makes a deciding difference in the world where we live. And Jesus is telling us here, one of the ways that we do that is by treating other people like we want to be treated. And if you're thinking straight, I think you'll agree, nobody wants to be robbed, nobody wants to be harmed in some other way where their body is violated, somebody that uh, would do damage to another person is just not on track with the Lord Jesus. And you and I understand what this passage tells us, do unto others like you want others to do to you. And when we have that deep inside of us, it does make a decided difference. Now, let's look at one more here. This one, verses 13 and 14 in Matthew chapter 7, and it is the one I call the straight and narrow principle. This one is, enter in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many be there which go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So I do call this one the straight and narrow principle. I wrote an article for our newspaper, the Sword of the Lord newspaper, a while back, entitled, When Did Narrow Get a Bad Name? Now, in many Christian circles, 
if you are narrow, that is, if you are walking the straight and narrow way, you're considered to be a legalist. You're considered to be somebody that's a little bit weird. Well, uh, count it what you will, but Jesus gave us this principle, and it is one that really should make uh, news with us. I mean, we ought to be listening to what the Lord Jesus said. Now, the opposite of the straight and narrow is the broad way, that way where everybody's just doing anything and everything that they might ever think about doing. They're letting Satan have his way. They're letting their old self have its way. They're letting the old sin nature do whatever it wants to do. And that is the kind of thing that is out in the world. That's the darkness of the world expressing itself. But Jesus said, no, tighten it up. Jesus said, draw the circle tighter and make sure that you're walking the walk that is becoming to the Lord. We need to let our light shine in the kind of a way that the Lord is honored. And when we do that, it'll not be just going down every trail. It'll not be just going every place and doing everything with everybody that the world wants to do. No, the Lord's going to bring us back from some of that. He's going to draw us closer to himself. And when he does, we just have to admit it's the straight way. It's the narrow way. And uh, he has some restraints. He has some limitations. He tells us things there are not to do as well as things that we ought to do. And that is the straight and the narrow way. Living the godly life, living the Christ-centered life, living so as to honor the Lord, that is the way. That is the right way. It's the good way. It's the blessed way. And I'm telling you, when you get on the straight and narrow, you're going to like it after a while because it's going to be such a blessing in your life. Well, Lord willing, tomorrow I'll give you some more of these life-changing Bible principles that are laid out here in the Gospel of Matthew, and I hope you'll join me every day this week. I'm delighted that you're along, and I would love to hear from you, so write to me first time you get a chance. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. And listen, we'll be right back here again tomorrow, so plan to join me then. Until that time, God bless you. Have a great rest of the day, and goodbye for now.